Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Welcome into this Thursday edition of Critical Thinking. I am Andrew Coppins at The Coppins Show on your favorite social media platform for as long as we're still allowed on those platforms. He is Patrick Oni. He's the host of the POS. Whenever that comes back, it's such a POS it doesn't even exist right now. You you used my full name. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with you? Nah, there's nothing wrong with me. But that- I, I was just told by 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 your mother to to go ahead and use that. Okay, you're in trouble. N- no. No, uh-uh. <laughs> Here you talk to my mother. Uh, no comment. <laughs> but you are at the Pat Oni Show uh, on those social media platforms of, of your choosing in the audience. Thank you so much for joining us on Critical Thinking. Normally, this is an Uncomfortable Truth Thursday, but we're kind of switching things up because lately I feel like um, every story that we've been presenting is bad so um that's where we're going with today's show is that is that bad we're gonna we're gonna play that segment later on in the show but before we get to it um breaking news i mean literally less than an hour before we went to air um and recording of the show what we all thought at least all i mean the two of us thought to be the course of action here for elon musk has broke Elon Musk has offered to buy Twitter completely outright 100% at $54.20 a share. This isn't necessarily a hostile takeover. This is just a takeover attempt. He wants to buy 100% of the company and take it private. It's exactly what I told you he was 
aiming for all along is that this was this was I'm going to buy a controlling interest. I'm going to understand over the course of two to three weeks some of the internal things that are going on inside Twitter. Right. I get I Has get it to been two to three weeks already. Yeah. Holy crap. Yep. It's been at least two to three weeks, Pat. Holy so, crap. Yeah. And then and then once he figures that out, what was his play? Right. Do I take that seat on the board and I know that I can work to affect change inside of Twitter or do I buy the dang thing outright and use its infrastructure to to reconfigure and reimagine, if you will, Twitter? It turns out the latter is true. Exactly what we thought. Right. We, we've discussed this ad nauseum, both on this show and in the afterthought, um, which, by the way, you- say, we actually talked about it. A lot what yesterday mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a little bit but yeah he offered to buy it at 54.20 a share which as of the close of business yesterday is about ten dollars a share more than its current share price so it's a very aggressive offer and i wanted to talk about the offer itself pat because like i said it's an aggressive offer at least in my view but from a business perspective Having been part of companies that have merged, companies that have been bought out, you know, all sorts of things, and and working in in the startup space, I I get um, the shareholder issues that can exist. Fifty four twenty a share is a really aggressive price, okay. But I have a question for you: How far are the progressives willing? to go to continue to use Twitter as a cultural cudgel. How far are they willing to go? We're about to find out. Because what is what would happen in your estimation, Pat, if they say thanks but no thanks to Elon Musk's offer? Uh, I, I think one of two things could happen here. Either Elon stays at his current shareholdings, which is what, like nine, ten percent, something like yeah, that. Yes, nine point two percent. Yep. Yeah. So that that's possible. Or he sells his shares and then the stock the, the, the price of their stocks will tank and likely never recover. And in the new game we like to play here on the show, is that bad? That would be very bad if that happened for whom? Um, but well, for Twitter, uh, really like, like they're, again, their stock, their stocks would never be the same. It wouldn't be bad for Elon, but people aren't going to invest in that stock. Like, like they are right now. Like it's, right. it's going to hurt their, their stock prices. See, here's the thing though. You, you asked uh, if uh, the, the, um, progressive left would continue to use Twitter as a culture or cudgel, right? Well, so that, no, 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 that's not what I was asking. Mm -hmm. I was asking how far are they willing to go oh, to continue yes. to use it? So how, because how here's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. You, to your point, I agree with you. There are only two options. Either, either he takes the, the, either they take his offer, right? Or he pulls his, entire stakeout and when that happens that 
that now inflated price, right, goes bye-bye. So what I mean by how far are they willing to go? How far are they willing to go in terms of playing around with their money? Because that's what's at stake here, right? At the end of the day, either they take the offer and they make a ass ton of money, right? Or alternatively, Pat, they run the risk of losing their ass, but they do it in service of ideology. You know that's what's going to happen. You right. know exactly that that, that 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 because here's the thing. Do you do you really think that these people at Twitter at the end of the day solely care about money? Did they get into that business for the money? Maybe a lot of them, yes. Maybe. Maybe. At, at the shareholder level, um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, do you, do you really think that they're going to give up their what they would consider to be their values and principles? For what fifty four something a share? We're about to find out which uh, which one works, right? We're really about to find right. it out, right? I I think because we we've seen a lot of people just more or less implode at Twitter since since Elon Musk bought the nine point two percent. I I think what we're about to see is is a bit of a divide. I think there's some people that are going to be willing. To, hey, let's let's take the money and run. And I think you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of people there, too, that are like, uh, hell no. Um, yeah. So here's the rub, though. OK, mm-hmm. what we do know, though, is the vast majority of shares of Twitter are not owned by Jack Dorsey anymore. Right. 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 OK, so Jack Dorsey was the number one. Now. Now it's Elon Musk. Jack Dorsey, right. <laughs> ironically, got suspended from I think it was YouTube. Right. He had his uh, cryptocurrency thing suspended by YouTube. Yeah. So he understands censorship on a level that he probably didn't beforehand, having experienced it. But beyond all of that, Pat, there's a divide. You are right. But the divide is this, the shareholder versus the corporate work environment. Okay. Right. So we've seen the corporate work environment go bonkers, right? We've seen, you know, they had to take a day off of work, right, to to saw themselves, if you will, right? <laughs> right. We, we saw the, but we've also seen the share price go, what, $10, $15 up in the last, since Elon Musk uh, right. bought it, right? So at the end of the day here, you've got two competing interests, two divergent interests, if you will, right? They, they don't, right. They're, they're incongruent, to use another um, adjective, if you will. So necessarily, this is going to come to a head. And I think this is the point of Elon Musk buying up any percentage of Twitter is that he is going to force their hand one way or the other. That's what this is about. And for him, he's he he started buying shares at, you know, what, $15, $20 a share, and now it's up at 45 And he will know the answer before everybody else does and be able to either sell or or take advantage and and buy and transform the company but he sees fundamental business 
issues within Twitter, let alone the cultural stuff, right? He doesn't right. care. He hires progressives. He hires conservatives. He hires everybody from across ideological perspectives. Sure. And he hires them based off of, here's, here's a novel concept in today's world, Pat, their ability to do the job and to do it well. Right. So, I mean, because here's what's going to happen. So, like, let's just say hypothetically for a minute that he gets 100% of the company, right? And they go private. Do you think he gives a crap about the corporate worker that's freaking out right now? No. No. He doesn't give a crap. He he's going because he can find people that could easily take their take their oh, there's, there's there's plenty of people out there. There are creative people. There are people Ooh. at Tesla that might be in junior positions that could move to senior positions inside Twitter. There, right. there are so many, so many, so many, so, so, so many people that are creative, that are inventive, that would help him in this transformation of the fundamentals of Twitter's business, right? And we talked awesome. about this the other day with Twitter mm. Blue, and nobody has a clue that that even exists. That Which is, is a problem, fundamental fail of yeah. this business model. By the way, um, if if he does take 100% of the company, he does get 100% of the shares and they go private, does Twitter leave California too? 100%. Oh, 100%. There's no reason for for them to exist in California, right? This is a company Ooh. in which your work is 100% remote to begin with. There's no reason. Right. And, yeah. and Elon Musk has talked about turning their uh, corporate headquarters into a homeless shelter, right? Right, because they don't need it. They have no need for it. Mm. Um, now, Tesla is a different animal. SpaceX is a different animal, right? You actually have to be physically there for 90% of, of that well, There's work. a lot of hands-on stuff that goes on there. Right. Mm. And, and, you know, whatever. So this is a totally different animal because this right. is all ones and zeros. This is all existing in the ether. There's nothing physical about Twitter. Nothing. This is basically my job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day here, this is going to be fascinating to watch because this is not just a business story. It's not just a cultural story. It's not just a political story. This is a firestorm story. This is every touch point of our society being transformed one way or the other. This is the reality of how powerful Twitter is is as a voice. And we talked about this off air, Pat, and I mentioned this. I want you to think about this. If you were to go to the Daily Wire, The Blaze, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, name a, name a news outlet, right? If you were to go and pull a story just at random, I'm going to guess that 90% of the time that story started or was pulled from a different source within Twitter that was found, sourced, or they use Twitter within that story, right? That somebody's tweet is in the story or a graph from Twitter or something. Do you think it's that high? I mean, I know it's absolutely going to be high, I do. but do you think it's that high? Absolutely, I do. I absolutely okay. believe it is at least 90%. Why? Because it's easy to be able to use somebody else's words. And, and, and we, we live in a society in which most of our news is aggregated anyway, 
right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're doing when you use Twitter. And I know that from, from my own personal perspective, right? It's very much easy to not have to rely on your own intrepid reporting, your own ability to break a story, your own this, your own that, when you can watch your Twitter feed and find the news in front of you, right? Right. And then just use that to write the story. And it writes 30, 40% of your story for you. I mean, I remember my uncle convincing me to get Twitter years ago. And he he was always telling me, like, look, I I get news before it even breaks on mainstream media on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And it is still the case. but, Mm. But my point being that Twitter has this power over almost every corner of our culture, of our politics, of our civic life, of our professional lives, right? Like... So and and I understand that only 10% or so of the American population has Twitter and of that 10% only about 1% of that is active active mm-hmm. right on Twitter. That having been said, there is no doubt that it is the cultural touchpoint. It is the societal touchpoint. It is our you know digital soapbox if you will, right? That's what it is. That's the reality of the situation. Same with TikTok, same with, you know, go to social media. It is our soapbox of the day. So when I take a look at that, what happens here is a is a breaking point one way or the other for the future of this country. Because either culturally we say we're going to watch a massive company, one of the biggest in the digital age of America transform back into free speech, right? And transform itself within the digital age. Or it is going to continue down a road of censorship and so on and so forth. To that point, Robert Reich actually wrote in The Guardian um, yesterday about all of this. And I want you to think about this, right? Because this is the leftist vision of why all of this sucks and why Elon Musk taking over Twitter is bad for democracy, okay? I want you to think about this. Robert Reich writes this. The Russian people know little about Putin's war on Ukraine because Putin has blocked their access to the truth, substituting propaganda and lies. Years ago, pundits assumed the internet would open a new era of democracy, giving everyone access to the truth. But dictators like Putin and demagogues like Trump have demonstrated how naive that assumption was. At least the U.S. responded to Trump's lies. Trump had 88 million Twitter followers before Twitter took him off its platform just two days after the attack on the Capitol, which he provoked in part with his tweets. We can agree or disagree with that. But he goes on to say that these moves were necessary to protect American democracy. But Elon Musk the richest man in the world, with 80 million Twitter followers, wasn't pleased. Musk tweeted that the U.S. tech companies shouldn't be acting as the de facto arbiter of free speech. Musk continued to tell his 80 million followers all sorts of things. I disagree with many of his positions, but ever since I posted a tweet two years ago criticizing him for how he treated his Tesla workers, he's blocked me. So I can't view or post criticisms of his tweets to his followers. Seems like an odd move for somebody who describes himself as a free speech absolutist. Musk advocates free speech, but in reality, it's just about power. 
Now, um, over at Reason, um, Robbie Suave, a, a friend to this program, a multi-time guest on this program, by the way, um, do, do you see something wrong with this, right? That, that Elon Musk's vision for the internet is dangerous nonsense. That's what he says in the uh, Guardian. Mm -hmm. Do you see a problem here? Because I do. He's trying to compare Elon Musk to um, Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. Um, first off, Elon Musk is advocating for your ability to speak freely. Right? Right. Right. Okay. Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump are both what? Authoritarians Authoritarian. that would like to control your speech. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe Trump less so, certainly Trump less so than Putin. Um, so I, I want to know this. Because he says in this whole diatribe at the beginning of his uh, editorial or whatever the hell it's called, right? An op-ed. Right. Um, in The Guardian. That um, the, the decision by social media companies to ban Trump were necessary to protect American democracy. So, how? I, I don't care about the how. I don't. Mm -hmm. But I want you to think about this. So, silencing a political viewpoint protects democracy? And furthermore, are you not just advocating for the exact same thing that Vladimir Putin has been doing to his own people, or that China does to its people, or other nations around the world, like Iran, right? Saudi Arabia does it. There's no such thing as free speech in those countries. They no. literally are using Twitter and other things as cudgels, right? They're using them, and they're using the internet not to protect democracy, not to open up and expand access so that the individuals can make their choice. They're using it for their own demagoguery and their own greed. And then he tries to say, well, because Elon Musk blocked me. No, that's a personal choice to not have to see your constant badgering, right? I, I, right. I can make a choice to, I don't want to interact with you. That's not about free speech. You're free to say whatever the hell you want. You just can't take me anymore. I don't have to interact with you. That's the thing about free speech, right? You're free to say whatever the hell you want. But I also have the choice to not engage and interact with you anymore. That's free speech being exercised, folks. Now, Reich goes on to write this. Will Musk use his clout to let Trump back on? I fear he will. Musk has long advocated a libertarian vision of a quote-unquote uncontrolled internet. That vision is dangerous rubbish. There's no such animal, and there never will be. In Musk's vision of Twitter and the internet, he'd be the wizard behind the curtain, protecting the world's screen, or projecting on the world screen a fake image of a brave new world empowering everyone. In reality, that world would be dominated by the richest and most powerful people in the world, who wouldn't be accountable to anyone for facts, truth, science, or the common good. That's Musk's dream, and Trump's, and Putin's, and the dream of every dictator, strongman, demagogue, and modern-day robber baron on Earth. For the rest of us, it would be a brave new nightmare. Again, he, he's comparing Elon Musk to people that, that Musk really doesn't have anything in common with. No. See, 
wants it uncontrolled. They want a fully controlled, in fact, that's what they do right now, control the internet. He's saying the quiet part out loud. Right. And let's not forget what Reich has been uh, advocating for this entire article. A what? Controlled internet. Right. Well, we have to have parameters. Uh, a common good parameter, if you will, right? What is the common good? Right. Instead, mm. what he in and I partially agree and I partially disagree with some of the libertarian viewpoint on private business, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think Buck Sexton brought up something earlier this week as I was listening to him that um, that I think we we should consider when we're talking about well, they're a private company, they can do whatever the hell they want. Okay, so they, can they ban women from the workforce? Uh, now we know that the law would uh, that the law right now would say no, you can't. Right. But who gives a sh- about the law? Right. We're talking about your ability to. Y- you're you're saying you're advocating for what? Private business can do whatever the hell they want, right? Right. Yet. They're not allowed to set parameters on who they can, or, or they're not allowed to hire whomever they want, however they want, right? Right. If a company wanted to be an all men's company or an all female company, right? In fact, we've seen that. We see that right now, today. In fact, did you know that all women's colleges exist and you can't have an all male college? What? Yeah, Pat. Did you know that the 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 Supreme Court has upheld two things? One, it is okay to have an all female college, but on the other hand, an all male college must accept any female application. That doesn't mean that they have to get in, but they must accept the application. And if that person chooses to attend that college, they can. What what if I happen to be? Don't go there. Male Don't go there. Just d- no, no, no. I knew D- you were going there. Count? Just no, no, Pat. No, just no. <laughs> Getting off the rails here, Pat. But but my larger point is this, right? Right. Most of society has some sort of gatekeeping around it, right? Most of our society, whether I agree or disagree with that. Now, if you want to talk about, well, should the federal government have those rules in the first place? I would argue no. And I've always argued this because it what happens with the majority of people, Pat, the majority of people speak with their dollars, right? In a free economic world, <clears throat> the right and righteous things to do oftentimes win, right? So for instance, um, <clears throat> you want to talk about, well, I'm going to deny service to to people of this descent or that descent or this race or that race, right? If you as a business want to do that, well, guess what? I never want to do business with you. And the vast majority of the American people will never do business with you. How how long are you going to stay in business? The answer is not very long in in an open and free environment, right? Where I can go next door and they offer the same service or the same type of business as you have. And they're non-discriminatory. Awesome. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go that direction. Now, if you want to collectivize all the bigots in one space, go for it. Right? Right. Go for it. You can here here that's the reality of our society today. 
That's the reality of society. There is always going to be bad people doing bad things and wanting to to be around other people. You cannot control that. You can control your reactions business. to it. You can control how you do business with it. You can do mm-hmm. all of those things. But to to act as if the answer to all of this, right, is, well, they're a free business that can do what they want. No. It, it completely, no, that's that, no. When it comes to speech, no, 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 no. The only speech that should be disallowed on any of these quote-unquote platforms, because remember, they claim themselves to be a platform, but also a publisher, by the way, when it's really convenient for them, um, in lawsuits like Alex Berenson's lawsuit, um, which is hilarious to to watch <coughs> to watch him just drip out all that stuff um, that he's been dripping out if you uh, follow his Substack. Um, but but let's remember this: Facebook, Twitter, they suppressed the Hunter Biden story. They've suppressed how many other stories? Why? Not out of fears of of where we can't verify the veracity of the claim, right? Right. Out of fears of, well, this might affect the political landscape, and we can't have that. Now, mind you, that exactly what we said was true in October of 2020 has now proven to be true. In any way, shape, or form, everybody knows it now. Right. Right? So, here's the deal. In terms of free speech, there should be no controls. None. Other than illegality. Pure and utter illegality. Like, if you, I'm going to kill you. Guess what? You can be banned. Right? Or, you know, threats of actual harm, violence, or child pornography, or, or whatever have you. Right? That's not free speech. That's against the law. There's your parameter. But at the end of the day... To suggest that um, that we we just yeah I I just I have troubles with the libertarian some of the libertarian viewpoint on on this right that that mm-hmm. it's just let's go to the wild wild west no yes I'm a free speech absolutist but I'm also a realist in terms of um. You can't just say whatever the hell you want to whomever the hell you want without any but, consequences. But, but yeah, I was going to say, but we've said this before. You, you can say whatever you want, and you are free to say whatever you want, <clears throat> but you are not free of the consequences of that speech. You have the right to say it, but you do not. You are not free of the consequences of that speech. Does that make sense? Right, and it's I, I think like, Robbie points out a really good point in here. <clears throat> You know, Facebook refusing to allow users to talk about the lab leak theory, right, on its right. platform. Well, now that policy has changed as the lab leak theory has enough mainstream credibility and plausibility that they can't even deny it. And that's the risk. When we attempt to vigorously stamp out lies, we can blind ourselves to the truth. I mean, I, I think that is very succinct. And at the mm. end of the day here, though, what we see is is the left, right? Robert Reich is is far left of as an economist as you could possibly get. And when we take a look at this, what is what is he advocating for? What what is he advocating? 
He's advocating for a controlled internet. That's what he's advocating for. It's just a controlled internet from a leftist viewpoint. What I would advocate for and what you say that you would advocate for is viewpoint neutrality. Here's the deal. You don't get to say something that's illegal, like blatantly illegal on our platform. That's it. Right. You don't get to disseminate stuff on our platform that's blatantly illegal. That's it. The rest of it, I could be free to agree or disagree with it all day, every day. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this country and the curse. That's the beauty of freedom and the curse of freedom. That, guess what? You don't have a right to not be offended. You don't have a right to not hear things that might challenge your worldview. We hear it every day, do we not? And on top of that, wouldn't you rather have a little bit of uh, dangerous freedom, if you will, than than uh, um, controlled thought or or rather peaceful slavery? Wouldn't you rather have that to some degree? Like like I get what you're saying. Like like we shouldn't be like going on Twitter and advocating for murder or selling illegal substances and things like that and doing doing actual illicit illegal activity i get that and i get you know there are consequences to those things but when it comes to my worldview or your worldview or elon musk's worldview why why can't we have um all of that equally shared regardless of what side of the the political or cultural aisle you might be on isn't isn't discourse from all different walks of life a good thing? Yeah. Uh, I just, I just struggle with this. Now you're opposing Elon Musk because he wants to do what you think. You, I, what are you, how many, how many pretzels do you have to twist yourself into to, to to, I don't know. What and the I hell? think what people don't realize too is that Elon Musk probably agrees with them more politically than not. All right. Well, with that out of the way, we've got a lot more to cover on uh the is this bad Thursday? Um mm-hmm. but let's go ahead and play the B or not the B first. Okay. In today's headline. Mickey Mouse tells viewers that transgender surgery scalp is a or scalpel is a surprise tool that will help us later. Mickey Mouse tells viewers that transgender surgery scalpel is a surprise tool that will help us later. And while you are thinking about that, do not forget um, to support uh, businesses that won't insult you or shows well that that could insult you personally, but not your worldview, shall we say, right? And that includes Defenders Live, airing every single Monday through Friday at uh, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, over on Rumble and all sorts of other places. You can check it out. Uh, go, I believe it's doaeshow.com. You can become a Defender. Um, I believe it's $5 a month. Um, I am a Defender, um, and, and I seem to win quite a bit of their uh, um, stuff, if you will. But yeah. Go check them out. Um, Stephen and Dylan, um, really, really good commentary in the news of the day. 
uh, some fun stuff mixed in there, some serious stuff mixed in. Um, so go check them out. Uh, D-O-A-E show.com. D-O-A-E show.com. Check them out on Rumble as well. Um, their show is live every single Monday through Friday. Now, do you need the headline one more time, Pat? No, because you gave me like the softball of softballs. It's the Babylon Bee. You are correct. You are correct. This is the Babylon Bee. In a new episode of Mickey Mouse Club, Mickey described a transgender surgery scalpel as a surprise tool that will help us later. Children ages 2 through 5, the show's target audience, were reportedly confused by the development as the episode had been about finding a lost balloon for Pete, longtime antagonist to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> After Pete lost his balloon, he became angry and bullied Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Daisy, and Minnie Mouse. The gang attempted to cheer him up and help him find his balloon using tools provided by Toodles, a sentient supercomputer. <laughs> the tools were a ladder, a fan, and a mystery mouse tool, which later turned out to be the aforementioned scalpel. Halfway through the episode, Mickey gives up a balloon and explain or yeah, gives up a on the balloon and explains to Pete that he's only upset because he's uncomfortable with his body, said Mary Anders, a concerned parent. Then Pete claimed to actually be a beautiful lizard woman stuck in the body of a fat cat, and that's why he's angry all the time. I don't know. What? It was weird. Rest assured, I will eventually cancel Disney Plus after I fi- finishing or after I finish watching Moon Knight. A survey of, of toddlers revealed that they were mostly horrified by the episode's conclusion, in which Pete went under the knife to become a beautiful female lizard named Patricia. A small diehard group of twenty-somethings, however, found the episode to be life-changing. I finally feel seen," said a teary, spithy Quilvers, a self-described. Uh, self-described gender fluid orangutan carpenter. <laughs> Oscar Graham, a 22-year-old gender studies student, was supportive of the creative team that put the episode together. Quote, I'm not LGBTQ, but I am an ally, said the cisgendered white male. I don't understand why Pete would want to be a woman or a lizard for that matter. Honestly, I don't know why he was a cat until somebody told me. But who am I to judge a cartoon character? Disney has responded to backlash for the episode by reminding everyone how virtuous they are for banning Song of the South, a film for which the first Academy Award was awarded to a black actor. <laughs> what did I just listen to? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Oshkosh, my gosh. Because here's the thing. You don't you don't think that's going to happen on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? With the way Disney's going? There were so uh, many great layers of storytelling in that satir- uh, satirical piece. I, I, I Again, I think that this could be prophecy at the end of the day. <laughs> now, Pat, I we got to move away from the world of politics and into the world of sports here. Okay. Okay. With this next story. Um, is it bad when you pay hard earned money, then get to see history ripped from your viewing pleasure? Is it bad? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because that's exactly what happened yesterday. If you were in Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of the 17 plus thousand people who attended the mini, uh, Minnesota Twins and LA Dodgers game, seeing the very first appearance of Clayton Kershaw in the 2022 season. Clayton Kershaw, for those of you who are not uh, into baseball, which this story is making me increasingly not want to be into baseball, but um, he injured himself last year and you know had a long comeback trail. Uh, he injured his lower arm, needed, needed surgery, <clears throat> really didn't start um, pitching pitching until about January of this year. But yesterday, through seven innings, through a perfect game, that means no walks, no hits, no nothing. Nobody reached base. Seven innings of perfect baseball. And then promptly was pulled. So you as a viewer, you as a person who put your hard-earned money on the line, or were given tickets by somebody who put their own hard-earned money on the line, were robbed of watching one of the most historic things in all of sports, one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. This pretty much almost never happens. And I think he's only done this one other. I mean, he's thrown a no hitter before. I don't know if I can't remember if that was a perfect game or not. Um, but Clayton Kershaw, by the way, I mean, here's the other thing too. It's not just about the perfect game. You also go to watch certain players play. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw is one of, and uh, you 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 could probably say this a few years ago. He was the best pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. I don't know that you can say that now, just because he is getting a little up there, well, uh, in his career. But he's still one of the best pitchers. Yeah. And by the way, he he almost threw another perfect game in 2014 against the Colorado Rockies, except for Hanley Ramirez um, mishandled the ball in the infield, and the guy reached uh, first base on an error. So there goes the perfect game. Still threw... um, Still still a no-hitter, but not a perfect game. Yep. So he's thrown a no-hitter. He just hasn't. By the way, Pat, it's only happened in 20... uh, A perfect game has only happened 23 times in Major League Baseball history. That's how rare this is. It's incredibly rare. Now... Why am I bringing this up? It's because they pulled him in the middle of this seventh inning. He's only got three more innings to go, right? Right. As a fan, why? what incentive do I have to give two freaking rips about Major League Baseball anymore if they're going to pull this kind of crap, right? Uh, the whole point is to watch history, to support your team, to do all of those things. You are between the lockout, between all the labor strife, the, you know, all the stuff going on with uh, the foreign substances with pitchers, right? The pitching mound stuff, the the constant, you know, changes that you're making to the rules and regulations, the the steroid era, right? The Over the course of the last 20 years, Major League Baseball has done everything to get in its own way. To it make has- people not give a rip about it's about that sport it it, it has and and they, they should have let him play 
Um, they, they should have let him keep going. I, I, I 120% agree with that. The interesting part of this story, though, is that Clayton Kershaw actually agreed with the call. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm bringing this up, because this, to me, is the biggest insult to fans. Okay? It is. Because here's the deal. He had pitched 80 pitches. He was on an 85-pitch pitch count in this game. So... Yeah, at 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 seven innings, I mean, eighty pitches is not not bad. Now, the claim made by Kershaw and and Dave Roberts, right, the the manager, is that um, they're doing this to make sure that his surgically repaired arm is in good shape going forward. Pat, it's April. Yeah. How else do you get your arm in shape? You throw. Mm-hmm. Now, the excuse is, well, I was losing some velocity and, and spin on my slider, right? Slider being a pitch that moves from one side of the plate to the other uh, right. in a fastball motion, but slides. Okay. Hence the term slider. Moves from one side of the plate to the other. Now, <clears throat> Losing velocity on that pitch, right? He had pitched one pitch over 91 miles an hour the entire freaking game, Pat. One. It's not like he was pitching Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, you know, 97 right. mile an hour fastballs f- followed by a, you know, 78 mile an hour changeup followed by, you know, another 97 mile an hour slider. Right? That's not right. what was going on here. This this is to me, this was the equivalent of uh pulling like a uh Giannis Antetokounmpo out of a game because he's played too many minutes, even though he's got this like record breaking game. That that that's what this was to me. Yeah. You don't pay like w- whenever you go to see professional sports, you do not pay to go watch your favorite players, and that would probably include Clayton Kershaw in this case because mm-hmm. he's still, again, one of the best pitchers in the league. You do not pay to go see a game to only watch them sit on a bench or watch them get pulled when they're throwing a perfect game. You you don't do that. You just don't. Yeah, and, and, I, and here's what I will say about this. Why do I say that this is just an insult to the fans? Because it, this is literally them not giving a flying F about you. They don't care about you. They don't care who pays your salary as a player, as a it is the people who pay to go to the game, the people who pay for MLB.tv, the people who pay for their cable subscriptions, right? Right. Because yeah, you get your TV rights money, but that TV rights money comes from what? At the end of the day, it comes from the people. Okay? You Know your audience. Uh, like, honest to God, is this not the most insulting thing I that you could possibly do to your fans? Hey, by the way, um, eh, you know what? I don't give a rip about you and your entertainment. Oh, wait a second. I exist. My $150, 200000000 million contract exists because I'm out here supposed to be entertaining you, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what's going on here. Baseball is a game of entertainment. Football is entertainment. Basketball allegedly is entertainment. 
Hey, allegedly, what the hell? The NBA is not entertaining. The NBA okay, is yeah, awful. The, the NBA is a different story. Fair College enough. basketball is wholly entertaining. Correct. Okay, just 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 making sure that you know we're not throwing all of basketball yeah. under the bus right. there. But name a sport, right? It is all about entertainment. Mm. You spoiled assholes. That's the, that's what this comes down to. Well, I need to protect myself for the future. Oh, really? You mean the 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 same future, Sandy Koufax, right? You could go back to name a pitcher of the '60s and '70s, right, and watch them throw back to back games in a double header and throw plenty fine. We the the spoiledness of the modern athlete. If you think that they give a shit about you as a fan, this is this is my issue with all of this. Do I understand the physical issues? Do I understand that maybe, you know, you, you don't want to overuse your arm? Do I understand, Do I understand that, understand? you know, uh, in a 162-game season, you have to talk about your longevity at some point? Right. Yes, I do. But, but, but. There's a point in time and a place for all of that, right? The point in time and place is, you know what? You just don't have your stuff today, so I'm taking you out in the sixth inning, right? And, you, and you've and you reached uh, 65 pitches, right? And you save that, that person's arm, right? That's when you do it. I they mean, don't give a shit about you as a fan. They don't. They don't give a, a crap about anything other than themselves. And at the end of the day, that is an absolute insult to the game that they supposed that they supposedly love, to the fans that they supposedly love. If I'm Major League Baseball, I'm pissed about that because because it is an insult to the game itself, right? It is an insult to to everything that's supposed to be right about the 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 pastime of America, right? America's pastime. You're also one of the best teams in all of Major League Baseball right now doing this. One of the best teams. I mean, here's the thing. Clayton Kershaw is going to sit the next, what, four-ish games? Probably five, five games. because yeah. because that's become the, the new trend in baseball, right, is this four-and-a-half-man rotation, right? So you'll, you'll actually sit for five before you play your next. At least, you know, that's how the Brewers are doing it, and increasingly more teams, right? They'll, right. they'll use one guy out of the bullpen – Every other start, you know, every other, you know, move into the rotation, right? Right. So what are you, you're already practicing saving your arm. This is, I, I just have so many problems and you, and I, it, it's just like the, the minutes counting in the NBA, right? The modern athlete. If your body is so finely tuned, if you've spent the offseason, you know, the argument in in um, in football, we don't need preseason, right? We don't need training camp, right? Because we're we're constantly training all throughout the year, right? Our bodies are fine-tuned machines, right? And we don't need this. Okay. This is antithetical to that whole claim then. But furthermore, Major League Baseball, you have an issue. You have an issue that 
already exist before this. And that issue is people don't trust your sport. People don't like how you have put your sport together over the last 25, 30 years, right? People have trust issues with the sport, period. Not to mention what they did with COVID, right? Right. Not to mention all of that. So as I sit here wearing on purpose my Milwaukee Brewers stuff, I I really struggle to understand how in I live less than 10 minutes away from Wrigley Field for crying out loud. Walking distance away from Wrigley Field. Okay? I I struggle with spending a single dime on these people anymore because they don't give a shit about you as the fan. They don't they don't care about anybody but themselves and their money. And yes, that probably has been true for 20, 30 years that that there are elements within these sports that that's the only thing they care about, right? They don't care about the game. They don't care about this. They don't care about that. They only care about what makes them the next dollar up the food chain. So if that's the case, why should you care? Why should you spend $150, $200 going to a ballpark? Just two people on average is about a $200 affair today. Why? Why would I? Why? Especially in a struggling economic environment, right? Where inflation, by the way, a story that we, we've we been harping on lately, which um, the numbers come out yesterday, Pat, and exactly what we thought, eight over 8.5% on the core number, right? Which is what, what uh, Jimmy Saki's um, older sister told us we have to care about. But on the headline number, 11%. 11%. It's the first time it's been double digits since before I was born. And oh, by the way, if you put it in the terms of that era, because they've changed the definition in the the formula, it is the highest ever recorded. We have the highest inflation this country has ever actually seen. Now, have we seen gas prices start to nominally go down? Yes. But, you know, here down the street, it's like 440 something a gallon instead of 490 something, right? It's gone down 50 cents. I don't know what it's like by, uh, by you, but we have mm-hmm. seen a decline. But it's still 60, 70, 80 cents somewhere in there from where it was. Still not good. No, no. So given all of that, right, my dollar is being stretched thinner and thinner every single day as a normal average American. And then I see this happen. What incentive do I have to give a shit about spending my dollar at your stadium? Why? Why should I care? Baseball, you better be in the business of making your fans care and more importantly making your managers your players your businesses give a shit about the fans again you better be in that business otherwise you're not going to exist anymore and maybe you shouldn't with this kind of bullshit it's the same thing where i buy a ticket to go see the milwaukee bucks play you know 
whatever team, right? A, a middle of the road team. Let's say they're going to go play the Indiana Pacers, a, a pretty decent team, right? Well, they were a few years ago, right? Right. I have no idea how good they are. Well, they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Okay. And Giannis, Middleton, and somebody else decides to sit. But you bought your tickets two months ago, right? Mm-hmm. I should be able to sell that those tickets back at uh, at least Face full value. price and, and make a profit off of them. Here's the problem, though. You can't possibly pawn them off on anybody. Oh, they're sitting because they're uh, managing their minutes, and it'll be a, he has a back issue or resting his knee. No, I think you should change the policy to where you can sell them back to the, um, right. to the organization and, and, and earn a profit because they decide to sit. Yep. It, it's the same concept, right? And that's the problems that I have with these, these sports. Do I understand... Yeah, and here's a fine example, right? In soccer, right? You've some teams are playing 40, 50 games in a year. Some of them are playing 60 in a year, right? But you know that there's going to be squad rotation, right? You know that that's going to exist. But you're there to support the club. You're not there to support or see specific stars all the time. Because you know going into the deal, right, of the season that you might not see some of these players all the time. That's the reality. But you know it. In baseball, in basketball, you don't know until that day, right? You have no freaking clue. And it's such an individualized star sport, right? As much as it's a quote-unquote team sport, it really is an individual star sport, especially if you're a pitcher, if you're Giannis, if you're Chris Middleton, if you're LeBron James, right? All of these other players, right? It's an individual sport as much as it's a team sport. And at the end of the day, I just, I really struggle with why in these hard economic times, would you ever be okay with this? What? As a sport, you're already dying and we're going to kick you on the way down as a fan. No, I'm not spending any money to see any of you ever again. I I just, like, I can see why people are giving up. It, 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 you have a chance at history. You owe it to see it out. Now, the Brewers last year, right? They had a combined no-hitter, right? They took their starting pitcher out after eight innings, but that starting pitcher had already pitched 120 or 130 pitches. Th- that's that's incredibly different. Yeah, and it was also incredibly late in the different. season where mm-hmm. you do need to save the arm. But they still went out there to do what continue the no hitter and they put their best foot forward with Josh freaking hater, the best reliever in all of baseball. They didn't throw, you know, the, the center fielder out there. What the, this isn't like you're in the ninth inning and you're heading into the ninth inning again with 120, 130 pitches on the guy. No. Oh, my my slider was losing some of its uh, velocity or some of its movement. And and I probably would have given it. What the? What in the hell? On that note, Pat, um, in the afterthought, we are going to talk about your great state of Utah and uh, some COVID stuff. Um, And I want your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And uh, 
Go Elon Musk. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. And as always, Matthew 547.